0: Hey, Seahawks fans! Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook podcast. I'm your host, Bill Olstad, sitting down with Keith Myers. Today, we are talking Seahawks coaches, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. We had some changes finally happen on that news front this last week. Some uh, a little bit of uncertainty left there, but it's mostly a done deal to um, to lock in Clint Hurt, which was the defensive line assistant head coach um for the seattle seahawks the previous three years previous three seasons um looks like he's going to get that job keith welcome into the show man
1: yeah um that's i mean it's news if he does get the job whether, whether you consider it good news or bad news depends on your perspective but um i'm not sold on it either way but the better news i thought was that they're bringing in ed donatel who uh was the broncos no he was the the bears defensive coordinator i always get the the well, he the, the the, the, oh, he was the, the, the Broncos defensive years. coordinator for oh, the three years. I had him backwards. Um, But yeah, he's yeah. been, the, been the Broncos defensive coordinator. Um, Seahawks brought him in not as defensive coordinator, but he's going to be some sort of senior defensive assistant, um, and probably the passing game coordinator for the defense. Unless um, they make
0: one more move, which is… Unless insane. they
1: make more moves. Yeah. And so right. basically what it does is they know they're they're going to revamp the defensive staff They know that Donatel is not going to be the defensive coordinator, um, but he is going to be a senior assistant. And the exact role that everyone settles down into will depend on what promotions happen or don't happen and what um, other assistants are brought in. Um, So, yeah, I I like the fact that they brought him in. He is a fantastic defensive mind, orchestrated that, uh, that Denver defense that's been really good and was even really good this season after trading away von miller um in fact they might they may yeah. have gotten better depending on well they were third in scoring
0: defense and eighth in yards love. yeah overall so you know um here's my take keith and this is probably more unpopular than popular out there in seahawks land i don't know maybe among our listeners maybe it's kind of in line to me this entire off season is kind of the best case scenario um with Pete Carroll coming back, with John Schneider staying in position, with Russell Wilson saying, hey, I wanna, I wanna win, and I wanna win Super Bowls here in uh, Seattle. Uh, I'd prefer to stay, uh, all that kind of stuff. I know there's gonna be tremendous amount of noise with Russell Wilson in the offseason, but with those pieces kind of in place, and then um, the actual letting go of Ken Norton Jr. I thought it was mm-hmm. the biggest uh, positive move in the offseason. We've talked about it for a couple of years that happened. And then the speculation began, is it going to be, you know, the they, uh, Seahawks came out and, and put together a short list, you know, right after that with Ed Donatel being up there along with Sean to say the um, defensive coordinator out of Chicago. So when that Nagy situation mm-hmm. went down in Chicago, that coaching staff was dismissed. He's available um, now. Uh, Joe Witt dallas passing game coordinator defensive backs coach and then clint hurt our own internal candidate at defensive line assistant um head coach it's a it's a decent list obviously they're looking for the vic fangio kind of line of coaching Mm -hmm. um which kind of changes the scheme a little bit solidifies some of the things they were trying to do brings in some voices i'm okay with this approach in fact i think it's a really good idea the the whole Thing to me, if it if it really works, especially <clears throat> the speculation is now that Clint Hurt has that job as defensive coordinator. He's got the respect of the players. He knows the scheme. He knows Pete Carroll really well. He's well respected. I I think that I'm okay with that move, especially when you add the idea of uh, Ed Donatel coming in. Ed Donatel's gone way back with Pete, and of course we know that Pete's going to mm-hmm. choose people that he respects as well as has a relationship with and that just makes sense at this point in Pete's career they go clear back to Pacific uh, University in 1983 um he was uh I think was a work for Pete when he was at um New England for that one year as a as a pass defensive coordinator all that kind of stuff and then Sean DeSay another respected mind up and coming kind of guy He's out there interviewing for defensive coordinator jobs, but they're drying up pretty quick, and they're pursuing him for a potential uh, spot on the defense as well. Looks like maybe that past defensive coordinator, mm-hmm. um, yep. defensive backs coach. And, and those three combined um, on that defense, along with Pete kind of revamping this thing, plus retooling, having the opportunity to align the scheme with personnel this off season, it, it it's to me it's a lot of potential. I mean to get a, to get a better at all three levels of the defense, and I'm just really curious as to kind of what you think about that overall structure that they seem to have in mind now, uh, as far as getting all th- possibly if Sean Desay joins, getting all three minds together along with Pete, just to really kind of make sure this thing works this next year.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the it's the the Vic Fangio um, like coaching tree aspect of this I find fascinating because I don't believe Pete and Vic ever worked together, um, but Vic is also a Monty Kiffin disciple. If you go back far enough, um, and Ed Donatel, who's part of the Vic Fangio coaching tree also worked with Pete Carroll and Monty Kiffin at different times. So there's, a, there's some overlap, but it's not direct and they run different schemes. And so I find it kind of a fascinating turn of events and we'll see what happens with it. Um, my concern through all of this, um, I think that, because you can remember Clint Hurt was, worked in Chicago under Fangio before coming to Seattle. Um, so yes, he's been in Seattle for the last three years and he's going to bring um you know some of Pete Carroll stuff but this isn't a guy that's been with Pete forever this is a guy that you had a different scheme that he worked under forever and then came to Pete uh so i think him being promoted doesn't doesn't preclude the fact that they'll change schemes what concerns me is that Donatell is a great defensive coordinator um to say so I've been saying Desai for the last week and a half, but I think it's Desai, I think you're right. I think it's to say, um, is an up and coming defensive mind. He's like, uh, the defensive, um, Sean McVeigh, uh, young guy, a lot of ideas, a lot of great That's, ideas. Uh, honestly,
0: I'm, I'm excited about that because yeah. once he's in the organization, I yeah. just, I like the idea of that.
1: So you got Donatel, who's an experienced and good defensive coordinator. You've got to say who's an experienced, smart defensive coordinator and you've got clint hurt who is learning the defensive coordinator job um and you've got pete carroll who has his fingerprints all over the defense i'm concerned about the too many cooks oh. in the kitchen
0: egos I'm, I'm, wow
1: i'm concerned about the too many cooks in the kitchen uh, problem that they could have that it's just this is going to be a challenge for pete especially, and and more specifically clint um, if that this is all what happens, um, to get everyone's role established. That is. Well, well documented, not let toes get stepped on, make sure that communication between these uh, four guys is done in just the right way to keep things organized. Because when you get that many people who are used to being the decision maker, together it doesn't usually go well
0: and now a word from our sponsor DraftKings the moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here in honor of the big game DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team bet just five dollars and get 280 in free bets if your team wins DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost one-third of the country. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at a million-dollar top prize with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code TPPN and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of Super Bowl Fifty Six. Twenty-one and over. Minimum age and location requirements may vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void were prohibited. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. So, okay. In in that line of thinking uh, comes a line of questioning. Uh, what do you think? about the relationship between Ed Donatel and Pete Carroll specifically, because I think that's the most important piece in what Mm -hmm. you just described. Um, Ed Donatel took this position fairly quickly. I mean, he may have gone out there and decided there wasn't anything that he was interested in taking fairly straight away, and then came into this decision fairly quickly. Not a lot of discussion out there. He hasn't given any interviews. The team hasn't really kind of made it official yet. If you go on to the Seahawks coaching, tree website on cx.com it's not up there yet so my question to you is is he the key to this whole thing working i mean his ego where he basically needs to say clint this is your this is your baby now i'm here to 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 consult and help you in any way that i can and i'm my ego is not in play and i'm just going to be a coach here so here's here is
1: my take on that so Ed Donatell is 65 years old. He is nearing the end of his coaching life. He is a guy who has done a lot. He is well-respected as one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. And he just had a job where he, he did his part and the defense was great and the offense didn't do theirs. Correct. Uh, this the defense was Super Bowl worthy, and the offense was top ten in the draft worthy. Um, and I, I think he's a guy that's tired and needs to recharge.
0: So is this a, men- a mentor kind of situation then for him?
1: It might be, and that might be a situation where Pete's Okay, if we're promoting Clint or we're signing um, to say who's younger, we want someone. Who knows it that Pete trusts that could come in and mentor and teach that isn't and just,
0: necessarily pulling Pete away from everything. Yeah. And, and so, and he's, yeah.
1: And he, he's going to be like Pete's best friend. So Pete can go be Pete elsewhere and not be stuck. Kind of that doing, Carl
0: Smith role only on the defense.
1: Yeah. And, and that could be the type of situation where this, I don't know. And nobody knows because they haven't said anything. We just know he's not going to be defensive coordinator. And I think that. I think that says a lot, that they, they hired him and instantly said they're hiring him not as defensive coordinator. He's going to be a senior defensive staff
0: member. Which seems like an Ed Donatel choice to me.
1: It absolutely feels like an Ed Donatel choice. Um, and so he's like, you know what? I'll come coach for you. I'll work, I'll mentor whoever, but I don't want to be the guy right now. I need I need some time. I gotta, I've gotta recharge. I've gotta rest. And not be the guy that's staying up till three in the morning put um putting in defensive game plans um you know before tuesday meetings right and and I, I, <laughs> right see you know, he's sixty five like I right. don't blame him no, right so yeah.
0: well pete's seventy one or whatever, but you know nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless, I think that you you've kind of nailed that, so your concerns initially on we've got so many people in the room that have massive experience and used to calling the shots at donatel at least we can say specifically took that role on purpose with purpose to pull himself back a little bit but still provide the all the benefit of of his brain
1: true and that is why he what he took the job it's what he signed on for him and all of that but now get you in week eight in the season and they're developing defensive game plans and he and clint hurt disagree on different things and how much is he going to insert because he knows and he's been there and all of that how much is his ego going to step in and be like no i gotta i gotta step in i got i gotta take control of this situation for the good of the here's
0: here's the way i see it with pete Now pete's very good at, at judging character and um and and whatnot. I mean, there's just been never been any reports of any any of that sort of thing in the history of Seahawks coaching staffs, at least in season. And it seems to me that he's bringing in Ed Donatel, Sean Desay, Clint Hurt. All of all three have worked together, I believe, in Chicago at least for two seasons. Yeah, and so, so they,
1: they they know each other. Yes, They're It's a. It is a it's kind of an all-star coaches It is, Um, and I mean, the great minds, if they get together and work well together and really just like brainstorm and come up with cool things and and are on the same page and they communicate, well, this could be a special coaching staff.
0: Yeah. If it works right. If it works, everything's great. That that scenario you said about mm-hmm. week eight doesn't necessarily come up because yeah. or they handle it internally before it does, and it's fine. Or
1: yeah, or it's just a matter of yeah. It it comes down to that re- mutual respect, and yeah, that that week eight scenario that I was talking about before, it it if Donna tells like, I'm not seeing it this way, and the two of them can work it out, and they communicate, and they're just like okay. They both agree that you know each other's ideas have merit. and They kind of merge the two together, We're like, who we move forward with that." Um, then it can be great, but it also has the potential for the "too many cooks in the kitchen"
0: problem. Well, let's and it talk could, about it.
1: Could be a problem.
0: No, nothing has come up. I ju- we just checked the news before we pushed record, and nothing's come up on uh, Sean to say so far making a decision. It sounds like the team, according to multiple reports by local media in Seattle indicate that the team is still pursuing Sean Desai to be their passing game coordinator, defensive backs coach to replace Austin. I think that was the the previous coach, right? Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so how does that, so Sean Desai was interesting because I would have been pleased with that hire just alone um, prior to any of this announcement stuff going on just because of the, background that he has in a, as an analytical thinker the degrees and doctorates that, that the man possesses and then the, just the sheer experience um and a young coach just grabbing somebody while they're available um through no fault of his own there in chicago um was was a really positive thing and i i was getting kind of excited about the opportunity and then to find out that it was uh, Donatello and Clint Hurt. I was going to, eh, and then they said, well, we're still going after Sean to say if he becomes ultimately available, how does that piece fit into this?
1: Well, I find it very interesting that if Clint Hurt is, who is the reported like hire at defensive guard, why hasn't that been announced? Why hasn't that been, why hasn't that been a thing yet? Yeah, why it's, it's, it's now it becoming
0: was, kind of a weird thing.
1: If it was decided four days ago, why are we still waiting on it? And the reason why we're still waiting on it is Sean to say, that that I honestly believe, that they want to, if he's going to come and join the staff, they want to figure out how these different roles are going to look, who's going to have the official title. Clint Hurt is already assistant head coach. So he already has um, senior, like, leadership titles attached to his name. Um, And so it's a matter of like figuring that out. Um, And I think that they're waiting to figure out who they have and then they're going to sit down and figure out, okay, how do we put this together? What do we have to do to make this work? And if to say is like, you know, I really want to, I want the defensive coordinator title because it's going to lead to a head coaching job. Uh, you know, Donatel's not interested in that he's been up for those jobs in the past and was like, nah, um, he doesn't want that. And, you know, Clint hurt is still, he he has, he's still a a guy that's earlier in his coaching career in terms of, um, he he's only, he's a defensive head coach, but he's also a, a, he's still a position coach. Um, and so I think they're in, they're in different spots. And so it might be that they work out they work out a system where Say is the defensive coordinator but Clint Hurt is the assistant I, head coach I, and gets to yeah, say and all of that so I
0: think it's I think it's the opposite only because they did kind of announce it through back channels through the the media uh that Clint Hurt was the was the presumptive guy um I don't know that they would have I think they would have squashed that sooner in this process um but but n- you never know. You why might you be squ- you might be completely squ- correct.
1: Why do you squash it? Because uh, then if Desai says no,
0: yeah, I think it goes
1: elsewhere, then you do promote Clint Hurt. So um, you squash it and you you damage the relationship with Clint Hurt.
0: Pure speculation For here. Reason. I I would say that the opposite would be true only because Sean Desai's options are shrinking and have shrunk and really um The opportunity with Ed Donatel and Clint Hurt and and Pete Carroll in this defense is is a genuine one. And I think that it would be advantageous for Sean to say to come on, even if it was the passing game coordinator, defensive backs coach, for one season until other opportunities open up again Mm -hmm. next year, um, he would be like a prime candidate, I think. So I I think that's more likely.
1: He's in a situation where if he takes that role, it's a step back, but it's can it be a step back? That's a springboard back to being a defensive coordinator. Someone for him, if he can talk his way into the defensive coordinator job and job title, then it isn't a step back, it's a lateral step and it that shaves could off a
0: year or two away from his career aspirations. Yes,
1: yeah, he it could be the springboard into a head coaching job. So I think there is something to be said about that. And I don't know. I, We I gotta wait and see, but what I do know is that you've got three guys that are not directly the Pete Carroll coaching tree. This isn't Dan Quinn and Gus Bradley and Chris Richard and guys that taught or that that coached directly under Pete when Pete was a head coach.
0: Is that the Uh, kind of change that works for you, or is it gets you excited, or is that kind of what you were thinking? Could be a possibility in the offseason. What, what this is kinda,
1: This is kind of this is kind of what I expected and hoped for. Because Pete, it's his defense. He's not gonna let go of all of it. But he's also not stupid. He can see that his defensive scheme isn't working. And it's not just the players, because Colt McCoy ate that defensive scheme up. And Colt McCoy is not a quality player himself. Um, The league is kind of caught up to, you know, this stuff. And it's not just that the Legion of Boom is gone. The scheme itself is a little old. Um, It hasn't evolved. And I think that bringing in that Vic Fangio side of things is taking a related but different scheme. And now you're merging those two together. You're going to integrate them together and come up with something new right? It's so
0: like, let's
1: get um, into that a little bit. I to say, it's like, um, see, you're a wine drinker, right? You take um, one strain of grapes and another, and you bring them together, and, you know, now you make something different, and it can either be gross, and you have to start over, or it can be really good, right? Um, and I, but I do think that that evolution needs to happen.
0: So let's, let's get into that a little bit, if we can, and talk about the scheme, and then talk about the integration of players into that scheme. Now, specifically, you know, we've run, um, you know, a zone scheme with a, in a cover three. We can go into the details if we need to. We've talked about that recently in the last couple of weeks, so we may not have to. Mm-hmm. And they're talking now about continuing kind of with a zone front, but the back end would be a two-high safety or possibly four-high uh, overall um, looks. My question to you, and if we, you know, if you, you can get into this game a little bit if you want, as it relates to existing personnel. So Jamal Adams comes to mind. Jamal Adams not comes to mind, a, and not an is, ideal yeah. fit in a two-high mm-hmm. s- situation. And <laughs> his shoulder injuries don't make him an ideal fit in, in, <laughs> in the box type situations anymore either. So, how do we make Jamal work? I don't know. He signed a four year, $72 million extension that hasn't even begun yet. Um, And here we are talking about a player that might not even fit into what we're trying to do. Well,
1: you can, you can fit. I mean, his shoulder injuries are something to think about, but you're not going to change. You're not going to change Jamal Adams. He is who he is. He is an incredible in the box safety who flies around, makes plays like no one else um you know a two-time all pro guy that just is a playmaker that tilts the field. right but you've, um, you're
0: talking about the best of jamal adams let's talk about the other part
1: well okay but no but i'm saying that his shoulder injuries there's something to think about but you're not going to change that you're also not going to make him a, a too deep safety kind of guy you put him i mean we saw that this year you put him back in 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 a, in a deep safety like free safety role um, when they went too high early in the season, and it was terrible.
0: Just so that's you not know, who he is Jamal allowed four passing touchdowns and a 93.8 passer rating in coverage this year. You know, that's just the small snippet of it, you know, but in general, we saw what our eyes saw on the back end. Yeah. He's just it wasn't, not great in coverage. He's just not.
1: I mean, that's that's not who he is, right? Um, he's a guy that you want, you want as a zone safety. Um, and playing around the in, line of scrimmage, in up in with the linebackers, you want him attacking the line of scrimmage. You want him doing those things, blitzing, covering, uh, running backs out of the backfield before they can get the ball, at, or what they get okay. the ball just instantly get hit. Um, so you got to do that. But if you go to a too high safety look, what are you going to do with him?
0: Yeah, so let's talk about that for just a second because when you took a look at Vic Fangio, you take a look at Ed Donatel, and the whole situation that predicates on kind of a hybrid sort of safety where they're interchangeable you've got Mm -hmm. free safety and your strong safety kind of play up and back depending on uh, matchups and so forth so for me a guy like jamal adams becomes a real question mark in this new sort of defense because he can't really play a traditional safety role in this particular scheme they need to play him more as a kind of what you would typically look at as being either a strong side linebacker in coverage or a nickel corner in coverage where you're covering linebacker or you're covering tight ends and running backs, but you're not covering wide receivers and you're not dropping back further than like 20 yards deep.
1: Yeah, he's a a nickel corner against the run and he's a strong side linebacker against the pass right? So he's not doing typical safety things in this scheme, right? Because who he is, is an in the box cam chancellor style, strong safety. Um, He's not as big as cam. He's not as durable as cam. And that's the problem because he's a smaller guy who gets hurt, but that's who he is. So 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 can I stop you
0: just really quick? yeah so in in that scenario then you you literally have three safeties on the field at the same time
1: and that's where i was going to go next is i think what you do as you hybridize um the seahawks and the Fangio systems is that you go to a three safety scenario where you have two safeties in the back and one up and you have a guy like jamal adams that flies and you around You take your strong and, side
0: linebacker off the field
1: yeah which they don't even have a strong side linebacker on the roster so I'm okay with that, um, but yeah, you, you take. But you don't want him setting the edge against the run. He'll get blown out um, by those offensive tackles. So you've got to have ways. To, like I said, he has to be the nickel corner against the run, and he's got to be the strong side linebacker against the pass. It, yeah. It'll take some creativity yeah. Yeah. by the defensive coaching staff, but it's doable. And he's such yeah. such a weapon when used
0: right. I do. Uh, I find it interesting that you and I came to the exact same idea on this particular situation um after just quickly thinking about it because and then you've got you know guys like uh Ugu Amadi and um Ryan Neal both under contract this year I think both restricted free agent guys Marquise mm-hmm. Blair we just don't know yet what's going got on he. with Marquise Blair digs do we re-sign digs for 10 million, 12 million dollars a year mm-hmm. to be a pair one of a pair of you know Safety is that you know Blair has the ability to come up and play a little strong once in a while, or or mostly you know back free safety. We're going to need to probably go out and either draft one or, or bring one in to kind of pair with him. What are your thoughts around that?
1: Well, Blair's missed most of the last two seasons because of injury, and so I don't want to be like he's the guy. But I'll tell you, Blair's the prototype. He's the guy that can play both. He's a hybrid free safety, strong safety who can. Do I agree, both. Keith. You, He'd you be can, the perfect fit. You line them up both in the skill same wise. spot. One of them rotates down. One of them rotates back. Or they both go back. Or um, the other one rotates down and that one goes back. You, you do lots of things to confuse the hell out of the quarterback. Yeah. Fun, um, fun And stuff. he's he's the perfect guy for that. But he, he's also missed the last two years to injury. So I'm yeah. not counting on – I'm not saying he's the guy because
0: – His skill set is perfect though.
1: His skill set is good. But he's he – there because he you know i mean he is always hurt he's never he's never out there and so until he's out there i can't i can't let you know i count on him um ugo Amadi can play slot corner he can play free safety he's done both of those things for seattle and done pretty well um but he's not a guy that rotates down into the box so if he's out there as a free safety you know he's staying back so or he's got he's,
0: some scheme he's got some scheme restrictions just like Jamal adams for opposite reasons
1: yes um you know digs on the other hand can do all of the things and in fact at the end of the year when everyone was hurt or on covid they actually did that it was ugo Amadi who played free safety and they rotated digs to strong safety For that last game against Arizona, I found that to be really interesting. That they that's how like this, and you know what? It worked pretty well. So having those two guys was not a bad combination.
0: So, what do you think about paying Diggs though? To be, see, it'd be awesome if you could pay Diggs because I think he would thrive in this new scheme. He would absolutely thrive with a little bit more help. I mean, he's already doing really well. He creates turnovers. He's kind of a ball hawk. He has a real nice command of what was happening prior uh, this last year and the year before. Now, in this new scheme, the way that it kind of presents itself, he's got an opportunity really to kind of not have as quite as much responsibility. Maybe he ends up having just as much, but he gets to share that with, with potentially another free safety back there, helping him out a little bit, at least on one side, at least part of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts around that?
1: I really like Diggs in any scheme. I think he's a very good player. My only concern with re-signing him is that are you signing him for ten or twelve million? Because between him and Jamal know, Adams, know, now you've got f- now you've got like forty million or whatever it is tied up. In it just doesn't seem safety. like the
0: wisest, wisest thing for the Seahawks to do considering their trench situation.
1: Yeah, I mean that's a lot of resources to type at safety. And safety is not a priority position. It just isn't. Um I especially
0: Cam... when you lessen that responsibility from a single high safety yeah. in, in this new scheme, because you'd be paying him single high safety money and he's mm-hmm. may not no longer be that guy all the time. So Cam and Earl uh
1: changed the narrative and they became because they were so good that they were like, oh man, safety in Seattle scheme, you gotta have great safeties, you gotta pay for that. Um, and Jamal Adams, like signing him and, and trading for him, it was because Cam and Earl are gone, but the scheme still needs that elite safety play. But now you're changing the scheme. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know if it's necessary to recruit that many resources to that position. It's just not a priority position. So as much yes. as I love digs, I, God, I have a hard time paying that money. When you've got too. a guy like I Ugo, really do too. Udo, Udo, Ama- Ugo Amani's going to cost a third. If you, if you give him the full tender or he's going to cost less, if you can sign him to a longer I think deal. though I that I think Ugo Amani was here
0: when Trey, which uh, not Trey flowers, but what was the other guy, the other safety that we just didn't like. Tedrick Thompson. Tedrick Thompson. He was well, here when Tedrick Thompson was here, and the team still chose to play Amadi in the slot. So I, I'm i not sure if the team feels like they have a real true free safety in Ugo Amadi or if he's just not quite that, especially with the wheels, getting sideline to sideline.
1: But that's the thing. If you're going cover three like they have in years, I think they're right. You've got a guy that um, it, that's not his skill set. He's not the guy that's going to be Earl Thomas and go sideline to sideline and just make a million plays. Um, but if you go to cover two, you go to the too high safety look, and you give him half the field to cover instead of um, you know expecting him to get everywhere, I think he could excel in that role. And I mean, that's what he played in college. Uh, and that's what we've seen him do in the past, and it's he's, true. he's got that skill set. Um, and if you're going to a cover to look, you don't have to pay for an elite free safety because you don't need
0: one. You know, back, you just back when Ugo Amati was being drafted, he had the second highest coverage grade in the Pac-12 during his draft year as a free safety. So I'm just, you know, it's, it's yeah. possible. And He's so did Marquise that- Blair. Mar- Marquise Blair came out the year after, or did they come out the same year? I can't remember. Um, But Marquise Blair had the second or third highest. They came out. They came out the same time because they they picked
1: two safeties that year. But then they moved Amadi to nickel corner, even though they've listed him as a free safety every year. So so.
0: and that'll be so that'll be one of the most interesting things to watch, position group wise on the Seahawks this season. How about the corners? And then maybe we can get into the linebackers and defensive line a little bit to find out kind of what your thoughts are, uh, if if we should see see changes on that. So
1: the one of the the advantages of the cover two scheme that monty kiffin developed and other guys like fangio have pushed um and and developed and and evolved is that it doesn't require elite corner play because what you want from your corner is a guy who can jam someone at the line um Release, pick up guys that are coming into the flat because you've got this outside flat area of of the field. You don't have to cover a guy deep. You don't have to stick with a guy. You're covering a zone and you're covering up near the line of scrimmage. Um, and it's a different skill set than anything the Seahawks have asked guys to do. Um, and what they've asked them before, cover three. You are an outside third of the field deep guy, but you start at the line of scrimmage. So you start up with the line of scrimmage to get to jam the receiver, but then you bail and you get back to the deep third and don't get don't let anyone behind you. Um you go to cover two, you still are up front, you still jam the receiver, but then you release them to the safety and you stay up in the flat. It's a different skill set. Um you need guys that can tackle. You need guys that are physical. You need guys that um, can take on a running back who's a bigger and get them to the ground. Um, and you do need guys that can cover, but they're covering uh, you know, the quick out, the quick in, the stop route, um, the curl route, but they're, they're short routes, right? Um, it's just, it's a different skill set. And the, the CX have no corners on the roster. City Jones, who played the, the last this last year, is a free agent. DJ Reed is a free agent. Um, I mean, every like they
0: got Trey Brown, and he was injured,
1: and he's and he is injured, and he we don't know what, if he's going to be back or anything. Um, if they're going, so to if make, you
0: had to if you had to pay DJ Reed now, it, by all accounts, it sounds like DJ Reed is going to be a top five corner out on the market, mm-hmm. like it or not like it, and it's going to command anywhere between eight and. Well, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be Griffin's contract from last year. Not quite, maybe not quite that high, but ten it's gonna million dollars. Tw- it's gonna be
1: ten to twelve million dollars a year. I don't pay him that. I let him walk.
0: If you try you to are... get Sidney Jones back. I mean, Sydney Jones has been proven to be a very good tackler. And I mean and based on is, what you just described, it sounds like he would be a pretty decent
1: fit. He would be a, he would be a good fit in that scheme. And I would go, I would go look at um Chicago and Denver and any free agents that they have just simply because, you know, the coaching overlap. Well, Kyle
0: Fuller is a free agent from Denver and he's yeah. kind of a slot guy and he mm-hmm. had great seasons in Chicago one year in Denver under uh, Donatel and mm-hmm. um, Vic Fangio head coach and he did okay. He got beat over the top a, a few different times and so forth. It just wasn't scheme. People seem to think that he's kind of slowing down a little bit. Don't know if injury yep. kind of played into that. He's going to be a ten million dollar a year guy. I kind of guess well in the slot. Yeah, I wouldn't pay him
1: that in the slot. So
0: um, I'm looking at you know find
1: younger guys, whatever. If you're going to make changes at cornerback, this is a great time to do it because you don't have any resources at all committed to the position. Everyone is a free agent except for Trey Brown. So go sign rather than re-signing DJ Reed and and whatever. Go sign people that fit your scheme. I agree. And if your scheme is going to be cover same two, thing at safety. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna if your if your scheme is gonna be cover two, go spend the money on guys that fit cover two, not the guys on the roster that were signed for to be cover three corners.
0: Yeah, I think Trey uh, Brown does okay it when he comes back because Trey Brown's a physical corner and he's a very he loves physical corner.
1: And actually I it's weird because his college tape, because he was so physical and handsy and, and grabby, I thought hey, this guy could play in the cover two pretty well. Um, I didn't like him in Seattle's cover three. And then he got on the field, and I really liked him in Seattle's uh, cover three once he got on the field. And I was like, okay, I was wrong, straight up. I did, I, I had him completely wrong. Um, then he got hurt. But now I'm like, he was so good as a cover three corner. Do you really want to make him a cover two corner? And then part of my head's like, but in my head before i thought he was a cover 2 corner so i don't know i'm just i'm in my own head when it comes to him i don't know what to like where to go with that um right now i want to see him get healthy i want to see him on the field and i think only good things will happen cuz i think he's a good player so so let's yeah. talk
0: just briefly just finish up the conversation on the defensive line and linebackers in this new scheme if there's any changes at all are we looking for a different type of player same type of players um and and obviously you know it wasn't enough uh pass rush and so forth mm-hmm. we're going to need to address that but where do we do it linebacker and and the defensive line
1: well i mean they need obviously they need pass rushers uh every team needs pass rushers but Seattle's pass, pass rush was awful but Seattle's pass rush was schemed poorly they didn't do a lot of twists they didn't do a lot of stunts um they didn't blitz in ways that were unpredictable um there's some snap, snap
0: counts were just all over the place.
1: Oh yeah, you have guys like um Dunlap that was getting seven snaps a game at one point. Alton Robinson. Season. Um right. yeah, the wrong guys were getting snaps. You got and you've got um you know other people that are out there like forever and it's like wh- why are you playing LJ Collier um you know 22 snaps and um you know Alton Robinson 3. What? Um so I think with the new Coaching staff on the defensive side will fix some of those problems, and that'll be better. But I still think they need more pass rushers. Um, but ultimately, it comes down if you're going to switch schemes. The, in the cover uh, three system that they ran, there's a lot of pressure on the defensive ends and the free safety. In a cover two scheme, there is a ton of pressure on the middle linebacker, especially, but but really the linebackers because they have a lot of ground to cover in that center of the zone and the middle linebacker's got to be able to get deep in that deep third um when necessary but also come up to the line of scrimmage and make tackles against the run it demands a lot out of the middle linebacker bobby wagner would have been the perfect cover two middle linebacker for most of his career i don't know if he's a cover two linebacker now he's lost a couple steps he doesn't have the speed he used to um, but he's so good and so smart. What I want to see them do is to take Bobby Wagner. If they if they keep him and they restructure his deal and they make everything work, is you move him to one of the outside linebacker spots where he's got a um a zone that's closer to the line of scrimmage to cover. He still attacks, he still does all of his things. Um, and you turn middle linebacker over to Jordan Brooks, who's got the wheels to make it happen. Um i think they're going to have to do that they're also going to need more depth at linebacker because and
0: and restructure too by the way
1: yeah the the you have to restructure um you have to restructure wagner to make that happen but the wagner uh, brooks barton combination is not enough this scheme has so many demands at linebacker it is a hard scheme on the linebackers you've got to have good line well we, play.
0: we kind of put jamal adams in that pile not if by name but by position true
1: um and you're right and so that's that would take some of the pressure off but i'm just mean you okay that would take a lot of the pressure off but i still think they need more depth at linebacker because linebacker in, in the old scheme yeah you you could get away with having two I mean, the Saints did a lot with... And um, they really
0: liked uh, Dylan Radigan, the guy that... Yeah, K.J. Wright, obviously. K- uh, you, I
1: mean, you had, you had K.J. Wright and uh, Bobby Wagner, and that was it for most of their time in Seattle. And um, that was fine. It didn't matter. Um, they could get away with two linebackers um, and not a lot of depth. But in this new scheme, they're going to need better depth at linebacker because it's, it's a scheme that's tough on linebackers. So, uh,
0: yeah. Interesting. Cool. Great conversation. I will add, though, that they still need a three tuck I'm just saying. Oh, I I'm would not love. To disagree with you. Yeah. I would love for a nope. guy like uh, <laughs> Devontae White or Perrion or somebody to drop in the draft and have, have them there for Seattle to take in the first pick in the second round that they have. Because I think that's just going to be a key in the offseason. I don't know what they're going to do. I went out and checked over the cap. Um, since all the contracts, futures contracts and so forth are on the board there, we're down to $36 million of usable cap space or not usable cap space, cap space overall. We're going to have to free up some stuff. I see a Bobby Wagner restructure uh, on the horizon, whether he's retained or let go or whatever. If he's if he's on the team next year playing for the Seattle Seahawks, his his contract is going to be restructured because they it need to free up some money.
1: It won't be a $20 million um cap number for him it was very interesting that last season when they needed cap space and they restructured different people and they moved some money around and all of that bobby wagner and Dwayne brown were two people who did not have contracts redone
0: um, that is interesting i mean it really gave seahawks ultimate flexibility this year but mm-hmm. by not doing that so
1: yep so by not doing that i mean Dwayne brown but, could easily you know the be... weird
0: the weirdest thing keith the weirdest thing is that those two players are are I seems like 75% likely to return on on one-year deals or in Bobby's case restructured because they they don't have replacements. They just don't have the ability to move on completely, especially with Brown. Now you mentioned the the scheme change, the position change for Bobby Wagner to stick around. Um I like the idea. I'm not completely convinced it it goes through um, with, with uh, Bobby and and company there, but um, I just think that they can't afford, I don't know if they can afford to walk away from Bobby Wagner this season, given Mm -hmm. the changes that are coming and, I I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe there's a linebacker out there that I'm unfamiliar with either from Chicago or Denver that can come in and do 85% of what Bobby Wagner can do. But is that even enough? I don't, I don't
1: know. The only, like I've been talking this entire show about against the passing game and the zone coverage and how it's set up with, um, the defensive backs and in, you know, the basics of the linebackers, uh, there's another wrinkle here. And that would be a conversion to a three four. I mean, go look at the bears. A, a
0: full on conversion, not a hybrid. Like not a Seattle's hybrid. been kind of running a little bit of.
1: Like last year, they switched to more of a bear front where you had almost five guys on the line, uh, three guys, you know, right in the center. It was all designed to because you've got the uh, McVeigh and shanahan running games outside zone so they, they they came up with this yes uh that the bare front was how they were going to attack it Correct. um okay so it kind of worked but it struggled at other points
0: um yeah stopping the run we did okay but man we were terrible at getting to the quarterback and all sorts of other things and, yeah. and personnel wise you ended up having Defensive ends drop back into coverage thirty yards downfield and all that kind of stuff. We can't see yeah. that anymore. It just no vi- visually. So, I do not want to see that anymore.
1: And I certainly don't want to see Brian Monet back in coverage. I'm uh, sorry. Right. Um. I, I love the guy, but at 360 pounds, he should not be trying to cover people. Uh, but uh, what I if they switch to less of a hybrid and more to a, a an actual three four? See so now you look at okay. In a 3-4, like, okay, uh, that's that middle linebacker that's got to get deep in the middle third. In a 4-3, that's your middle linebacker. In a 3-4, that could be either of your interior linebackers. Maybe, and that's the way that you get around it and you let Brooks be the guy that does do that <laughs> without asking Bobby Wagner to change positions, letting him continue you're to a, be the quarterback. Fellow. Um, letting him continue to do <laughs> all the Bobby Wagner things. Um, that he's awesome at, but not asking him to get thirty yards downfield and cover the center of the field because I don't know if he can do that anymore.
0: Um, and so you yeah, can, can you imagine like Taylor Taylor out there as well, and and Jamal Adams? You could have linebacker core of of Wagner, Brooks, Taylor, and Adams mm-hmm. coming at you.
1: Yeah, and in that situation, if you they go to a three four, and I want you to think back to the. Um, the three-four defense that San Francisco ran under Harbaugh, right? That was a single-gap three-four, which is weird and everything, but it worked. Um, you know, you had uh, Alden Smith, who was your pass rusher, coming off the edge as an outside linebacker. Okay, there's your Jamal Taylor role, and mm-hmm. then you had on the opposite side Ahmed Brooks, who was a the strong side. Outside linebacker who was great in, in as far as dropping back and, you know, making tackles against the run and doing these other things. That is, a, that is a recipe for using Taylor and Adams in a way that really makes sense for their talent sets. I agree. The hard part of that, do you have the defensive line to make it happen?
0: No, we do not. You've we got, do not. You got Puna Ford and that's it. Let's yeah. be honest. That's yeah. it.
1: Because you don't have the guys. You, the defensive ends in a three-four are kind of hard to find. Because you need guys Yeah, that are you need more athletic. You need guys that are 280 to 290 that can disrupt and you know do all sorts of things. And the only one they had on the roster that kind of fit that was Rashim Green, and he's a free agent. Um they could try and push Collier into that role. And I think you look at his profile and you're like, he's gonna he'll be okay. Um, but man, he just does not, he's not a guy that you just love in that role. Um, you got Puna Ford. And so, yes, it works great for the linebackers and the moving parts, but you've got to get those defensive ends uh in your three four in order to make it work, and the
0: Snacks don't have that. It'd be perfect perfect draft for the seattle to have that 10th or 11th pick overall and can get jermaine johnson out of florida state because he would have uh he would have been the perfect fit yep for that they, they right. traded it away for jamal adams all right so we, we can make it work we'll figure it yep. out no problem yep. <laughs> it's a big task this year i mean all the conversation i think all off season is going to be on the defensive side of the ball for us because the offense mm-hmm. seems like a simple task compared to what's ahead on the defense.
1: Well, it's not a simple task because they have to rebuild the offensive line, and they've got to do so. True. Um, with, with no money. They've, <laughs> they've got to do so. Well, it's no money. They actually are. They're, they're in good shape in they're the in salary gap okay compared to everybody else, um, Which and right. there's money that they can be had. Um, the On the offensive side, though, they've got the weapons. They've got Russell Wilson. They've got some pieces on the offensive line. They need a tight end. Um, so they're they need to go, they need to go and kind some of re- running backs. Yeah. Um, they need to rework a little bit. But but we're not doing a
0: whole scheme change. We already know what we're trying to do. We just yeah, need to the, get the pieces the scheme, to fit.
1: The scheme change happened a year ago. So now we know. Yes. And now they know who they've got and what they've got and all of that. They just need to get they need to they need to give russell wilson another half a second
0: i think they need to go out and spend some money in the free agency this year i you know it's one of those deals where i think they need to get creative with the cap they need to re-sign some of their own players that they want to prioritize we've talked about a couple of players maybe they wouldn't resign mm-hmm. they need to restructure a few things and then they need to go be aggressive i think on a couple of positions i would like to see them i'd like to see them bring back gerald everett and disley let's solve that tight end position you know, it seems like if, that would just take care of house. it and, and and take care of that. Now, as far as the running back, I think they're going to have to get one. I would prefer to get one in the draft. I think um, if you go look at the draft and in up into the third round, you can get a starting running back that's physical, run between the tackles, running back and out of the draft. I'd do that. As far as spending money, go spend your money on on a left tackle and a center, and just mm-hmm. solve it. Go solve it. Draft one as well, but. I think you need to be able to do that, and um, it, and then go find your left, your uh, your three tech, a guy that's going to disrupt stuff. Go get another edge guy. Um, go get uh, some real young talent in in the defensive backs, and maybe a veteran to kind of bring it all together. I don't know if you spend the money on digs. I'm not convinced. Just like you are, I'm not convinced that that's the answer back there, given the scheme change and so forth. So he is a a really good player.
1: Yeah. Oh and I'm if Not they, taking
0: anything away from if him. they, yeah. if they he's, if, he's if
1: they stay in the cover three zone that they've been running, re-sign him. Go spend the money. He's worth it. If they don't, if they're con- if they're going to make this evolution into more of a cover two front, um, don't don't spend the money on him because the what you're asking your safety to do isn't worth the money you'd spend on him you can get that out of ugo Amadi for a third of the cost
0: all right we're out here this week um yep. thanks for joining us um i think we're doing a show midweek as well or at the end of the week and i can't remember exactly senior bowl. topic well senior bowl review is that what mm-hmm. it is senior bowl review okay yep. A lot of good good uh, information um, out of the senior bowl this year. So looking forward to that show. So find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook, Seahawksplaybook.com. It has all the stuff. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube. And make sure you hit the subscribe button. It's free to subscribe. My mom and dad wanted me to let everyone know that just because it says subscribe (laughs) doesn't necessarily mean it costs any money. It does not. It is free for everyone to subscribe. How how old are your parents again? See the subscribe to them means uh, a a magazine subscription and they got to pay money for that. And so they were, you know, even on my show, they were hesitant to hit the subscribe button because they didn't know what was going to happen after that button got pushed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um Thank you for dating yourself. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think our listeners know better. So uh, anyway, uh, thank you. Everyone. Thank you. Until, until next time.
0: go Go Hawks. Seahawks playbook podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at seahawksplaybook.com.